Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. Otherwise known as Ernest Borgnine. Coming what? at you today <laughs> with perhaps our final episode on the cult classic, very long pause, slow panning movie about Snake Blitzen and his escape <laughs> from New Jersey. Lots of cam work, very little dialogue. <laughs> and it's dialogue that was definitely made by somebody who was drunk on a Friday night. <laughs> Who was trying to get this in like a homework assignment? Yeah, two pages front and back, double spaced, and he was still stretching. <laughs> I know. I'll make everybody he meets think that he's dead, and they'll also <laughs> somehow already know who he is. You sure, that's gonna work. Oh, it'll be a running gag. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. Do it'll be great. You can stop. You just just get back to writing. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd you be do great. your job, man. I'll do mine. It'd be you great. know what your job is? Your mother. My mother's a saint. That's where the writer's room really devolved. Maybe that's where Maggie got her name from. Somebody's mother. And that's pretty much where Maggie got her name from. Uh, but we digest. Yeah. So where where did we last leave our hero and i'm using hero with air quotes for those who can't see me which is everybody because it's just me and bruce <laughs> on camera so we made it to the train yard and brain and mbb are distracting the guards while snake is climbing across snake. the top of the the trains to go to the car that has the president in it yep that seems stilted. I mean, that's just how I would imagine the creator of this movie would actually do the narration for this movie. <laughs> yes. Snake Blitzen made his way along the car, train cars, in the black of the night, <laughs> early morning hours, hoping that he could make it to the president before the Duke and his posse roll back up. And they're fancy Cadillacs. <laughs> <laughs> I just let that go because that's exactly what he did. Just leave. Oh, okay, Anne. Anne. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brain's talking to one of the lieutenants. Hey, what are you doing here? And he says, like, well, I'm here to bring the Duke the plan. Well, Duke left to go find you. That's funny because he told me to meet him here. Yeah. Standard <laughs> back and forth BS. Well, why don't we wait inside? Well, why don't we wait outside? <laughs> why do we have to wait outside? Because I've got orders. <laughs> what kind of orders? The specific kind, Brain. Not supposed to let anyone go in. <laughs> You know, so there's just ban banter back and forth, trying to be a distraction and get somewhere without letting people know that Snake is sneaking in. Shot of the interior, you got two guards on the president. One guy is watching out the window, complaining about Brain. Because they don't trust Brain. Why would they? They're all assholes. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all <laughs> maximum security prisoners. I mean, they... It's like the worst of the worst, right? You, you don't send, like, the cheap stuff to the maximum security prison. Right. <laughs> you send those folks to the minimum security prison. Right. So, don't, 
don't imagine any of these people are decent folk as we go by anything. So, of course, they don't trust Brain, seeing as Brain is probably a relatively civilized guy. Right. Seeing as he's the, the Brain. As they're you know, complaining about Brain, Snake comes in through the wall. He takes care of the first guard by the window. And then uh, the president, of course, gives away Snake by like staring wide eye at him like, oh. So then the last guard turns around ready to shoot and Snake does... His thing was throws a knife in the guy's forehead right between the eyes. <laughs> it's kind of a cool moment. Man, that's got a hoit. I will say the action involving Kurt Russell in this movie is actually pretty good. Uh-huh. It's not bad action. It's it's a good action. And it's not overly gory, you know? It's not like he got him in the eyeball and he's screaming bloody murder, you know? Or, yeah, shooting blood everywhere. And no, he just hits him and he goes down. Right. There's not even any blood effects. <laughs> of course, you know, he's untying the present, you know, and... The usual banter, you know, what are you doing here? Hawk sent me. I'm going to get you out, Mr. President. Yada, yada, yada. He's trying to sneak the president out at the back of the train on the other side from where the people are. And of course, Snake is hurt because, uh, oh, when he was trying to climb out that building. That's right. He busted his leg. Wait, when? Isn't that when he hurt his leg? When, he, you know, all the crazies were trying to get him? You know, I don't remember. I got to be honest. It does. It's not important. You folks can go back and listen. I'm sure we'll tell you. <laughs> but needless to say, as they're uh, trying to get away, they get caught. <laughs> not one particular thing. They just show up because that's what the bad guys do. They just show up. So now the president's recaptured. And this time the hero, air quotes, Snake is captured. Uh, of course, Brain and MBB see that he gets caught and what do they do they uh they act like they had no idea what was going on they turn rat they try not to affiliate with him because you know (laughs) we weren't in on this we got told to come down here Mm -hmm. what's this all about oh no (laughs) no he said that he had a gun on him that's what it is oh okay the the dude yeah he's like friend of yours and they're like well he had a gun on me i didn't have a choice Isaac Hayes is the Duke. Lazy Maze Isaac Hayes. (laughs) Oh, and the Duke is the only person who doesn't know who Snake is. So he actually asked him, who are you? Yeah. He actually asked him, who are you? And of course, Brain steps in and says who he is and that they need to keep him alive. (laughs) Yeah. A little surprising, I guess, maybe. Oh, once he says the name, he's like, oh, he knows who he is. (laughs) Yeah, he says he's heard it and goes, I thought you were dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, he doesn't say that. I, yeah, everybody else did. <laughs> yeah, everybody else says they thought he was dead. Give him a bonk on the head, and next thing you know, he wakes up in a prison, another building. And where he wakes up, it's daytime, right? Right. Because right now we're looking at the helicopter doing a night vision of doing a scan of the city, saying that there's uh, nothing going on in the city. The whole city is dark. You know, no bodies, no fires. They don't know where everyone is. And there's 12 hours left on the clock. See, I think at this point, that's when the clock really starts to like just go crazy with the with the speed. You know, the, the time jumps. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every time he checks it from here, it's like one to two hours until we get down to like the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I remember right. So like he gets hit on the head. He loses a significant amount of time. Because, you know, he's asleep and he wakes up and it's daytime. Right. And he's got guys with glasses standing over him. One of them's Asian. I don't know what that's got to do with it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Okay. But it says that the guy's a red bandana gypsy. 
He is definitely not a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the subtitles what that say about him? The little credit things on the side of Amazon says the guy's name is Lonnie Wo- One. That- Lonnie One, and it's Red Bandana Gypsy. <laughs> I'm like, no. no. No, that's not a gypsy. <laughs> just, just no. He's not. He <laughs> no. That man is not a gypsy. <laughs> that man's playing Galaga. Didn't think you. We could see you, but we could. Didn't think we would notice, <laughs> but we did. We did. So then there's this brief scene where Hawk and the uh, Secretary of State are arguing about who has jurisdiction because the Secretary of State wants to send in the commandos and. Hulk's like, nope, nope, you got to give him more time. I'll call the shots around here. You're not going to count them in my order. Yeah, if you send in the commandos, they'll, they'll make good on their threat and they'll kill a president. And then the ball game's over, right? Because they need, they need the president for some reason, along with what he's got in that case, for that convention. Although you don't really know necessarily what yet. Right. Then we go back to the city. Snake waking up. The red bandana gypsy Chinaman <laughs> <laughs> goes to get somebody. And start, oh, he takes a snake through this, what looks to be like a giant warehouse. Oh, no, there's Brain. Yeah, Brain's coming through. Yeah. Pretty much to try to f- see if what's going on, see how you can help, like what the situation is and how it can help him. Yeah. Uh, the Duke and his cronies are taking pot shots at the president, you know, trying to. Getting scare him to death. <laughs> yeah, you got the president sort of like trussed up along the wall in, you know, a crucify position with the, I don't know, he doesn't have the uh, briefcase with him anymore, right? Oh, it's still on him. It's still on him at this point because they're, they're taking pot shots. And as every time he shoots, the Duke is like, you know, making the president say, you know, you're the king of the, you're the Duke, the king of New York, a number one. Right. So it's, you just hear the president yelling that, screaming that out every time the bullets hit around him. Mm-hmm. And then eventually one of the bullets strikes the briefcase, if I remember correctly. Well, he, he gets him to like, you know, say that he's uh, the Duke of New York, a number one. Like yeah. he's trying to brainwash him. Yeah. Just over and over again. Right. And then Duke tells uh, brain to get him the diagram. And uh, Brain just keeps telling him not to kill Snake. Yeah. And Duke's like, you know what? Just get out of here. Give me my diagram. Go on. (laughs) I don't need you here anymore. (laughs) Right. And this is the diagram of the bridge where the mines have been taken out and where the mines are so that they can go across this bridge. Right. So then he doesn't shoot the briefcase off of the president. It just opens up and his papers and whatnot fall out. Yeah, and that's where you get the cassette. Right. Crazy man comes over. Yeah. Crazy. I keep wanting to say carrot top, but it's not It's not redhead. It's no. white. It's white hair. It's yeah. not even blonde. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite white, but yeah. Yeah. It's like he, he, he looks like one of those guys that he's been electrocuted and, you know, the hair just goes straight back like in a like in a wind tunnel. You know? Yeah. Kind of. He, he was the name of that, that green monster guy from Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. Blanca. Blanca. Yeah. Kind of like Blanca hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except, you know, again, not green. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he picks up the cassette and he puts it into his like shirt pocket. Right. And nobody says a dang thing. Right. Like nobody's like, hey, what are you doing with that cassette that just fell out of the president's briefcase? <laughs> or that appeared- you know, the president like, leave that alone. No, nothing. Not nah. right. Like you would think somebody would call out that this thing maybe possibly was important. 
But nobody does. Right. <laughs> so then next we see two uh, Huey helicopters flying over what looks to be like Central Park. You know, they spot people in the park trying to wave them down. And, you know, they call it in. Like, what do we do? Well, check it out. Because <laughs> the people are actually waving for them to come down to the food drop zone is what they call it. This is the food drop zone. So here's where we find out that, yes, they do, in fact, ship food to them <laughs> by airdropping it. Yeah, which is good because it means they're not as barbaric as, you know, they pretty much have been. (laughs) They're not violating all their human rights. (laughs) Right, yeah, just most of them. (laughs) (laughs) So the guys come down, guys come out of the the back, and uh, they come across the president's briefcase. (laughs) I'm assuming somebody opened it up and realized, hey, there's nothing in here. (laughs) Yeah. So we go back to where Snake is being held. Well, briefly, it jumps around a lot here. It's jumping in a lot of different places here. So it jumped to Snake briefly. Now it's back to Brain's place. And Brain and MBB are trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, how they're going to rescue Snake, how they're going to get out. Brain figures out that the way that Snake was going to get out is by the glider from the World Trade Center. How does he figure that one out? Through deduction of, like, power, like, places to take off. Oh. Places that you could land without being noticed. You know, places you can take off in a glider. Yeah. You know, what roofs would have the big enough space. Kind of has that eureka moment that hits him. Right. And then it jumps to, back to the control center where they open up the briefcase and find a ransom note, basically, saying that amnesty for all prisoners and you can have the president back. Gives him a time and place, 69th Street Bridge at noon. No BS or he's dead. That's where they notice the the tape isn't there. So this is the first time you really get a picture into what the people who took the president want. Right. Which is interesting because up to this point, the Duke seems like a pretty dubious human being, right? Right. He's kind of a terrible guy, as far as you can tell. But then his demand is amnesty for all prisoners, which... Granted, these are all murderers and whatnot, so terrible scum of the earth. However, he does appear to be, like, trying to get them all out. Like, it is it is sort of this strange humanitarian move by this very strange dictator over murderers <laughs> kind of a, <laughs> of a thing. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Not just, like amnesty for my people or whatever it was amnesty for all prisoners as if they were all in it together but you you very you know very well that they're not like there are various factions and groups and whatnot but he said all prisoners well that's what he said i mean whether or not he meant it i mean obviously you can't really take his word for it yeah but certainly he meant it for himself if not if nobody else right after they read that they're like okay and they find a little device that hawk had given to snake and so the secretary is like oh there goes your man you know so much for your guy on the inside and so Hawk basically feels like at that point that he has no choice. He says, warm up the chopters and get the troops. And you see that obligatory scene, 1980 scene of, you know, guys running around, <laughs> crisscross all over the place. Everybody's running to load the thing up. Baseballs, you know, prepare for ludicrous <laughs> speed. <laughs> yeah. Secure all pits in the pitting zoo. <laughs> Close the three ring service. <laughs> Give me that, you petty excuse for an officer. <laughs> Ludicrous speed! Go! Go. (laughs) What the hell was that? Spaceball Spaceball 1. They've gone to plaid. It's just 
what I love about that scene is the entirety of the scene, the ship is still going by them. It's doubly hilarious because number one, the ship is gigantic, right? Is that that's sort of the joke from the beginning of the mm. movie. And secondary, if you go towards the speed of light, you elongate. And so, like, the ship is just going to be this never-ending streak of light, effectively, <laughs> at ludicrous speed. And so it's just going past him, like, continuously, nonstop. So, anyways, <laughs> we'll do Spaceballs someday, folks. I'm sure. Coming back to this movie. <laughs> back to New York. Which is funny, because I said New Jersey at the beginning, and nobody corrected me on it. Huh. And by nobody, I mean you. Well, what's, that's okay. Well, really, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> so back in New York, we see Snake being held captive and there's a big crowd cheering and the guards start telling him to move, move. And as he's walking down the hall- hallway, uh, two guys are carrying a dead man on a litter and they come to a door. When it opens up, it's basically like a giant boxing match you know like there's a huge crowd around a ring yeah as he steps in of course the crowd's booing him this that and the other thing what i love about this scene and the preceding scene is how well they chose the set mm-hmm. wherever they were mm-hmm. it was just really good it's kind of like a gymnasium it almost strikes me as like a subway station or a train station yeah like grand central right exactly and i think that's what it's supposed to be right that's what they're you know because they were at the train station when they went Right. All the stuff went down, which, again, how did a train company leave a bunch of trains in New York when they knew it was going to be walled off and made into a prison? I mean, that's a lot of wasted money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Snake gets into the ring. It's kind of like a Mad Max and the Thunderdome kind of thing. And in steps in this giant bald headed but bushy beard <laughs> giant monster. <laughs> Yeah, a real barbarian looking kind of dude. Guy that's going to break your back in a Turkish, you know, sauna. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe, my friend. Breathe. (laughs) 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 I can't. You're crushing me. (laughs) So this is your pretty standard fight scene, you know. You're going to fight for our entertainment. (laughs) And uh, as most fights go in, in these kind of movies, you know, Snake gets strangled and beaten up a bunch and before he overtakes the giant with some weapons you know makeshift stuff like a bat wrapped with barbed wire oh no it's just a straight bat yeah they both end up getting weapons right and then he gets the bat yeah they both get a bat he ends up getting a nail through it somehow and then uses that to win the match more or less right it's it's a pretty solid deathmatch boxing crazy fight scene basically fight for your life right and all the crowd you got crowd up in like you know, the second, third story peering down, yelling on all the folks around him. Then you see Brain and MBB uh, kind of like they're sneaking behind the scenes of where all this fighting is going on to a room that says executive room, opens it up and crazy man Romero is his name, <laughs> opens the door and he's wearing Cabby's hat. He's like, hey, where did you find that hat? And he goes, from Cabby. Oh, yeah? Well, what for? He goes, I traded it for what? Guy says, like, none of your business or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, he's traded for something. And what we know about Cabby, which is not a whole lot, but we know he's somehow been there for 30 years. Somehow. He's been driving a cab for forever. He's done terrible things because he's in a maximum security prison. <laughs> uh 
and he has a tape deck, a working tape deck in his car, and he plays tapes on. So Cabby tells Romero that he's got to tell the Duke about the president, you know, how the president's got cyanide capsules hidden on him. He's got to warn him. So he convinces Romero to let him in. You mean the brain? The brain, yeah. The brain convinces Romero. Yeah. Yeah. Cabby hasn't shown back up yet. He will. So the brain is trying to convince Romero that no, president has cyanide capsules on him. He needs to see him so he can take him away. Right. Because that's their plan now. Instead of Snake getting the president out, they're going to get him out. Yeah. Not sure how they thought this through, being that it was a glider (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) that really couldn't hold two people, let alone one. (laughs) But uh, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How how is Snake exactly going to get the president back? (laughs) It's going to be lap-sitting the president, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Romero figures out that uh, Brain's kind of BSing him and tries to stop him. Brain stabs Romero and MBB shoots the other three guys. (laughs) Yeah. So goes down our crazy man. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The system works. He was the first convict we we ever interacted with in this movie. (laughs) Who's was showing the guard people somebody's finger. We concluded it wasn't the president's, but it had the president's ring on it. Oh, somebody hands him a bat with nails on it and a uh, trash can lid as a shield. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So the brain trying to spring the president is sort of interspersed with this gladiatorial death match. Right. That's going on. And the Duke is at the death match, yeah, right? He's overseeing from, it from, right. like, you know, yeah. a second level balcony kind of thing. So brain and MBB are trying to sneak the president out. And, of course, somebody spots him. <laughs> All the while, we're back at the gladiatorial match and just going back and forth, back and forth. Really, nobody's winning, despite how big the uh, big dude is, <laughs> the Goliath that this match is. Yeah. I mean, it's looking like, you know, Snake's going to lose, but then all of a sudden, just one good lucky shot and he gets him. Yep. Does he, like, hit him in the foot first? The and then- stomach, and then he gets him in the back of the head. Stomach and then back of the head. That's right. Yep. Because he's, you know, it's a baseball bat with a bunch of nails through yep. it. Yep. <laughs> so, pretty potentially lethal weapon there, depending on the size of the nail. And in this case... It was the right size. So after that, the whole the whole arena goes like hushed, quiet, and then they start chanting "snake, snake, 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 snake." You know, because that's how these kind of things go. And then it's at that point that Snake lunges like halfway out of the ring, grabs the red bandana gypsy air quotes his hand, <laughs> and activates the tracer on on that he had stolen from Snake. Yeah. Is at this moment that somebody tells Duke that Brain and MBV have stolen the president and snuck him out. Absconded with the president. Let's <laughs> bring a little culture to this movie, sir. And then, of course, you know the Duke takes off while the the rat is uh, telling everybody, you know, the brain, you know, the president's gone. The brain took him. So you know. It's at this point that everybody forgets that Snake's there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody just freaking leaves, and he's just standing there. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to grab my shirt and go the other way. <laughs> yep. So that somebody, uh, we're back at Command Central, and someone runs to tell Hawk that uh, the tracer is active, activated, and Hawk tells the helicopters, tell everybody that it's off. It's off. <laughs> just stay where you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No need to go in guns blazing right now. Although, hilariously, if they had, and they had started at the tower, they would have probably walked away with the president. Probably. (laughs) It's at this point that we see Snake running back 
into the World Trade Center and Cabby's car is right there in the middle of the lobby. <laughs> is it Cabby's or is it just a car? Might be just a car. No, it's just a car. It's the car that you you know you're guessing. Yes. Brain and MBB and the president took to get here. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, back at headquarters, and the tracer stopped because the tracer was only good for 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> Stupidest thing ever. <laughs> and of course, they're arguing about whether or not they should go now. So okay. So then we get a, cl- a view of the of the death clock, and the last time we saw it, it said 12 hours, 29 minutes, and that was when he had woken up. Now it says 29 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow 12 hours have passed, and we've made very little progress. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say we saw it at like eight hours, and again at like four hours, if I remember no. right. No. <laughs> no? Okay. But we're back at night. Yes. Like we've gone through the day. Like the day... Like the fight scene in in the ring is daytime, and then like once they're back at the tower, it's night again. Right, we're back at night, and so we're now there's this big shootout at the top of the World Trade Center, and of course the gangs have all chopped the anchor line for the glider and thrown it off the roof. So there goes that exit. Yeah. Thanks, brain. Yeah, you kind of got a whiff that something like this would probably happen when. Snake had reached the bottom of the elevator and walked out, and that guy <laughs> ran across behind him. You're like, oh, something's going to happen to his glider. And indeed, we we come up in the middle of a fight scene between the brain, MBB, the president, and a bunch of crazies, <laughs> <laughs> who, who then detach the plane and it plummets to the streets below. And this is, of course, right when Blitzkin gets up to the top of the tower, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So... Snake gets back with Brain and MBB and the president, and they get off the roof. And of course, Brain's like, I saw that was your car. Give me the keys. Give me the map. Let's go. There's this banter back and forth about take us with you. No, because you double crossed me. And you shouldn't have done that. Oh, hey, where's the tape? I got the tape. <laughs> I'll tell you where it is. You just got to take us in the car. <laughs> Which is total BS because he doesn't have the tape. <laughs> At least that we know of. I mean. Yeah. 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 So, of course, you know, that's the uh, the trick, you know. All right. They're all going to get in the car. And, of course, of all the people that are tired and out of breath when they climb down the stairs, it's Brain and MBB. It's like, really? There's a whole mob up there that's ready to kill you. I think you're uh, just going to, you know, keep running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially considering how out of shape the president is compared right. to everybody else. <laughs> you think he'd be the one huffing and puffing. big old fatty. <laughs> oh. Yep. Says the fat man. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, this is the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> and both of them acknowledging it. So, uh, Snake gets in the car, tries to start it, won't start. He opens up the hood, and of course, there's uh, a goon in there with a crossbow. Because <laughs> why wouldn't there be? Right, right where the engine is. Like, because, you know, they had plenty of time to take that engine out. <laughs> Especially, like, cross, like, like, so many things about this. Like, yeah, taking the engine block out, which is not a small job, which you need, a, like, a crane. Some a crane or some sort of carry all is some sort of mechanical assist to get it out. Even if you're like metaboing it, it's not, it's going to take longer than a bunch of guys going up to the top of a. And anyways, it, it, like he has a crossbow. Where the bleep did he get a crossbow? That's a complex weapon. <laughs> like it's not like a bow and arrow. I mean, even a bow and arrow is a complex weapon. You've got to be able to figure out, you know, how to 
get the wood right and the string and well, all just, that, but a crossbow? Are well, you priming it without <laughs> getting yourself stabbed? Mm-hmm. I mean, where did they make this? <laughs> because they didn't get it in the city, right? They had to make all this stuff on the road. It was in a sporting goods store. Yeah, they don't sell crossbows in sporting goods stores. They sell bows <laughs> for bow hunting. Nobody hunts with a crossbow. <laughs> Once pistols came along, everybody was like, "You don't need these anymore." <laughs> I think there's several people in Arkansas, Kansas, Iowa. <laughs> None of those places are New York City. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. There are plenty of people who hunt with crossbows. <laughs> You're a sick man. What? <laughs> Because obviously they're hunting people, because that's what you hunt with a crossbow. Well, it's New York. They could be hunting rats. Yeah, they are as big as people right? there. <laughs> Freaking rouses. All right. We got 20 minutes left, and we still got <laughs> uh, 17 minutes of this movie. Let's do it. Let's get through it. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. We can it? do it. I swear we can do it. <laughs> so it's at this moment, there's kind of a showdown between the our heroes as they are and the duke what is a hero exactly <laughs> let's not go down this road <laughs> uh, so yeah showdown between duke and the good guys and snake takes a shot at i guess it's a, a gas canister a steam pipe something that blows smoke and steam in front of his face so they can make their getaway they run down the rest of the way yeah it's a steam pipe they run down the rest of the way out out in front of the building there's cabbie in his in his car so cabbie lived yeah just in time just in time yeah how that pipe would have still had steam in it <laughs> Don't know, because the boiler that would have been making the steam probably shut down for, you know, a decade now. I, whatever. Whatever. Utilities are off, right? But no. Okay, fine. All right. Sure. Scruffy's on his break. Yeah, exactly. Schedule conflict. Scruffy's been on a steam break for 10 years. Schedule conflict. <laughs> Why isn't Scruffy doing this? He's right there. Oh, marmalade. Marmalade. <laughs> uh, all right. So they get in the cabbie and Snake's like, give me the tape. Give me the tape. And as they're driving away, Brain gives him the tape, plays it on the tape deck. Yep, it's the right one. You see him put it in his pocket. And then they start tearing ass for the, uh, the bridge. And of course, uh, Duke and his bling car start chasing after him down the road and they both head for the bridge, the bridge of the way out. Yeah. Was it the 79th Street Bridge or whatever? Yeah, something like that. As they're speeding through, Brain's supposed to tell him where to go, and he really does a really poor job. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he's like the worst navigator you could possibly ask for in a minefield. <laughs> you know, and they're zipping and zagging through all these uh turned over cars and you know, they're kind of like set up like barricades and whatnot. You know, cuz the first time, you know, he hits one of the the landmines, brain doesn't say a word. Now, the duke is the only one in his car and he's tearing ass. <laughs> so it's kind of like you can kind of feel like this is the climax cuz it's just the one villain. What happened to the other guys? They just never were with him, you know, they just never followed. The steam got him. Yeah, the steam got him. <laughs> the steam, the mysterious steam somehow got him. And now the Duke is all by his lonesome in his chandelier Cadillac. <laughs> Their pores couldn't take it anymore. 
Although a short <laughs> PSA, if you're ever in a steam accident, do not breathe the steam because it will burn your lungs, result in you not being able to breathe. Right. Cookie on the inside. Yeah. And you and <laughs> yeah. So that that has happened before. But still, their pores couldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> so brain is so terrible at this job that they literally drove the whole car right over one of the landmines and it cut it in two. And just cut the cabin too. Snake gets out. Cabby's dead. First casualty of our heroes. Yep. <laughs> the president, MBB, brain come out of the back half, and they have to go in on foot. Of course, you know, with Duke being in his car, he's gonna catch up to him. Yeah. We figure. But then again, he doesn't have the oh so useful landmine map. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so who knows how fast he's going or not going around the landmines that Brain is not telling anybody about. And as they're running, of course, you know, Brain's telling you know, left, right, right, left. No, I said left. And of course, he steps right onto one of them. So Brain's dead because he stepped on a landmine with a map that he made to avoid the landmines. (laughs) Yeah, you got to figure that's some kind of ironic type justice there because he's such a bad landmine map maker <laughs> he got killed by his own landmine map it's funny because the only person you really mourn the death of in this scene is is cabby right you're sad to see cabby right. go because he's the one person that potentially doesn't belong here but somehow just ended up staying and it's sad to see him die because he was just he was helpful but he was also a coward <laughs> he also left them <laughs> in that one scene so you know, <laughs> MBB is looking at the dead body of a brain. You can tell she's like all sad about it. And uh, Snake's like, MBB, we got to go. Come on. He's dead. And she just stares at him and holds out her hand. because She wants his gun. Like she's going to take on the Duke herself. You know, apparently, even though she was sold into slavery to brain, you know, she she had feelings for him. And so she takes his gun. Stockholm syndrome. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> so the president and Snake start running. MBB stands in the middle of the road with a six shooter and starts shooting at him. And I'm pretty sure she shoots more than six shots. <laughs> I don't think we see her actually hit him. No, because he gets out. And yeah. Poor, poor MBB just gets ran over. Good night, Madam Big Boobs. <laughs> Those boobs will be missed. <laughs> may, may the angels sing you to your rest. <laughs> You know, at some point, this was a family-friendly podcast. A family-friendly <laughs> podcast for Escape from New York, directed by what's his name? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Is it James Cameron? No. <laughs> we'll get there. James worry. Carpenter. Carpenter. It was a James. I had the wrong James. The Cameron. I'm like, no. No, these aren't giant blue cat people. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, MVB was the roadblock to stop uh, the Duke's car, but the Duke got out safely and uh, started taking off on foot for the president and uh, Snake. Yeah, I kind I like Snake's like single-minded determinism here. He's like, no matter who dies or who you know 
what happens. He's like, come on, we gotta go. No mourning the dead. Bleep that. Let's go. <laughs> well, yeah, because he thinks he's gonna die. He thinks he's just gonna, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, like, he's not a hero. He's just very, it's very true to himself doing what he's doing. Well, yeah, self-preservation. It's like everybody in this world. He's a bleep. <laughs> <laughs> So as the Duke takes off, we're back in the command center. A grunt is telling Hawk, you know, that they spotted two cars on the 69th Street Bridge, a cab and a Cadillac. The cab, you know, hit a landmine and four people got out and started running on foot. So Hawk kind of knows what's going on. He says, you know, get a Jeep over to the wall with a winch, you know, to pull them out. Yeah. He's letting all the guards know, hey, you know, snakes coming. Well, you know, that seems like get a Jeep over to the wall with a winch. Like you have helicopters. You don't have to wait till he gets to the wall. You could go get him <laughs> as he's running on the bridge. Right. Well, you know, on top of which, you know, you got all of these guards. Why aren't they on the other side of the wall with guns? You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, why are you letting this play out this way? Exactly. Like, this seems like a bad call. Like, you could do this way better. You know, and at this point, they're cutting their barbed wire from the top. So that way they can even use this system. It's like you didn't have some sort of scenario in place for this <laughs> yeah so anyways they get to the wall they get a the they get a rope down to the president the president is the first one up honestly at this point the first time i saw this i thought they were just gonna leave snake down there yeah and you see that on his uh on the snake's uh wristband that it's uh like a minute and a half left on his thing. Yeah, we're closing down at <laughs> the end here. I'm thinking at this point, there's no way this scene's going to get done in a minute and a half. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Especially what, with what comes next. The, like, the president gets up to the top, and they're pulling Snake up, and then he stops him like halfway up, and you're like, what's he doing now? And the Duke comes out, and he starts shooting, and then the president like just sh- lays in like a full ra- full set of rounds from his machine gun into the Duke, <laughs> yelling out the whole time, you know, you're the king of New York, A number one. <laughs> it's like, wow. It's, uh, that's pretty hardcore there. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of confused. Like, so, yeah, that's why I thought they were just going to leave in there. Because, like you said, halfway up, they turned the winch off. And you're like, yeah, why? It's <laughs> not really bait. Right. It's, uh, that's what I was thinking. It's like you could keep raising him up. The Duke was going to run out. You could, I don't <laughs> I don't know why you stopped right. him. And then he just says, after he kills a duke, he, he turns the wench bag on. You're like, what was the point? <laughs> yeah, why did you stop him from... I, okay. <laughs> no, not okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> so they pull Snake down for it, who drops like 15 feet onto the solid ground. There's no way he would have gotten away with... Under the concrete. Right. And both his legs would have been shattered. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not only does he not have any broken bones, he doesn't even have any scrapes on his arm, which he doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> like, or he has a, he has a, like a tank top or whatever, right? Or something. Or does he have a shirt? I can't, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, he's got a shirt on. Yeah, he's got a shirt. But like his, like... It's a sleeveless shirt, but it's a shirt. Yeah, he would be scratched up right now <laughs> from the concrete. like one of those, like, under armor shirts you know yeah he sees the doctor and runs straight for him and of course hawk steps in in one of those hostage situation you know you know with the vial with the poison cure give me what i want otherwise you know you're not getting the cure for the poison kind of thing and he asks for the tape and of course sneak gives him the tape the uh doctor comes over and puts the two electrode things on his neck to i guess 
deactivate whatever it was. Yeah, the thing that was going to blow his head up, basically. Well, arteries in his necks. And apparently he had five seconds left on his clock, which, I mean, didn't make any yeah. sense. But how we got there, I don't know. Quite a lot of jumping around, like we said. <laughs> Of course, all of this happened at night, right? Well, so and that's the thing. Like the most dramatic scenes were wrapped up so quickly, quickly in this movie. The Duke was killed off real fast by the president. No real build up to it per se. The car chase was pretty short, to be honest. Like it, it did not last very long going over that bridge. And then the you know snakes deactivation of the thing for giving away, you know, for giving up the cassette. I mean, it just all wraps up really neat. And you think this is going to be over like to the credits, like in the next minute, but it's still got uh, three, four minutes left, three, four whole minutes left in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. So he's got the president out and the president is now like in his like in this chair being gussied up and made to look good because he's about to go on air at this conference or whatever. And they have the tape, which is important. I can't remember. Do they explain what the tape has on it? Something about fusion? Yeah, like nuclear fusion, like, you know, stuff about making nuclear missiles and whatnot. It's something that was going to bring some kind of peace, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, there's very little they tell you about what is going on in the world at this time or what what bad things are happening. So you don't exactly know why this is so important, but apparently it's it's important that he's there and he does it. When he does it, because, you know, before the Chinese and the Russians walk out of the conference or whatever. So he's getting all gussied up, and um, I can't remember. Is that is this where Hawk and, and do Hawk and Snake talk first, or? Well, first, you know, he sees the, the president and the snake talk real quick, you know, and he's like, you know, whatever you want, you'll have. And he goes, just a minute of your time. And he goes, you know, what about the people that sacrificed their, their lives to get you out, you know? And so, well, of course, you know, we'll we'll honor them, blah, 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 blah. I'm not really sure what snake was going for there, because, if you know, the president's asking for you a favor. You asked for, like, you know, a mansion. <laughs> it's funny because, like, snake's like. You know, what about the people who, who lost their lives? And it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm grateful to, to them, too. What else was he supposed to say there? What would have made Blitzkin happy? Right. <laughs> so that he, he didn't do what he's about to do, which is, you know, the end of the, what we see at the end of the movie. Like, what could the president have said to make Snake not do what he's about to do? Right. So it just kind of seemed strange. I mean, I guess like he was trying to, the, I guess John Copperter was coming up with that, you know, the end of a sitcom, you know, the lesson learned herein kind of moment. But yeah, I don't really think it, it had the uh, effect that, you know, he was hoping for. <laughs> the problem is there's no there's no clear like what was the right answer. Right. There's two parts of this. Sure. The president could have said some better words, but ultimately that would have been the gist of it. Like, I'm very grateful for the people who gave their lives to save me. Like, However you put that, that's ultimately all you can say. And then I'll do something for their families, maybe, or something like that. So there's that side of the ball where the president expressed effectively what he could have. And the other side of the ball, like there was, I probably, sure, there's nothing that would have made Snake happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not a happy guy. (laughs) Like he's just not, and he doesn't seem to be too terribly willing to put up with BS. (laughs) You know, it's like, I got my full pardon and I'm going my way now kind of a thing. So after Snake walks away from the president, he's walking past the uh, air traffic control building where uh, Hawk is uh, standing outside smoking a cigarette. And Hawk goes, you're going to kill me now, Snake. He starts calling him Snake here. Yeah. And Snake goes, I'm too tired. (laughs) Maybe later. 
And Hawk goes, oh, I got a, another deal for you. You know, if you'll just hear me out, I'm going to offer you a job. We'll make a great team. What do you think, Snake? And, you know, Snake goes, call me Pliskin, and then walks off. Yeah. And then the president, you know, is on camera and he starts to do his address and goes, you know, I'm going to present to you to the at this historic summit this um, information that we've gathered and, and hope that our great nations may learn to live in peace. And then he puts in the cassette and he presses play and it's rock and roll music playing. Yeah. Not the uh, information about nuclear energy that he was hoping for. Yeah. And then you see Snake walking away, the cigarette. It's got the, it's got the real cassette in his hands, just starts pulling the tape out and tearing it up. Yep. And that is our movie. So ends Escape from New York. Final thoughts of the Fat Man. I guess you could say it's a cult movie. I mean, it's not cult in the same way that Rocky Horror or even Princess Bride is. But it's a bad movie that... People, other people I know, like, I wouldn't even say this is a movie that I would watch when I'm bored. <laughs> it's just if I had like a free hour, you know, like, because <laughs> this movie really, really doesn't need much more than an hour to be played out. <laughs> it's OK. I'm not going to say I mean, it's, it's OK for a bad movie as long as you know that it's a bad movie. <laughs> eh. It's fun to do these every once in a while. You know, it's interesting. I think if our uh, Patreons had picked a different movie, we probably would have gotten like six to seven <laughs> episodes <laughs> out of any of the other ones. But this one, this one was a short one. You know, as a movie, it's a decent one go, you know, kind of one if popcorn action thriller, you know, movie. It's got some very interesting cinematography. It's got some not a whole lot in the way of interesting ideas. But, it, it, you know, conceptually, it's interesting, I should say. And I guess this goes in like like the way it has a cult following is like that. It comes in as like a kind of a series of movies. Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. and like Big Trouble in Little China. That to me seems like the family of the like if you're going to watch one of these movies, watching all three to kind of get a full thematic the full Kurt Russell. Yeah, the full Kurt Russell <laughs> thematic 1980s. The full Kurt Russell. You know, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Although Escape from L.A. was 90s, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still the same kind of a deal. But yeah, sort of horror action movie. And and to be honest, we don't have a lot of those these days in cinema. Most movies are either horror movies, horror suspense, or action movies. Mm. We don't often have both. And when they try to do both, that you know, so like... Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I think, was an attempt at a horror suspense action movie. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't great. I'll say this. As, you know, even though it's a post-apocalyptic and, you know, there's no real happy ending, per se, there's enough of a happy ending in this movie to, to walk away from. Because I've been watching movies and TV shows recently, and it's really started to bother me that what people call realism is just sad stories, sad endings. Right. I don't go to the movie theaters to want to cry or feel sad or depressed. I go to the movies to feel good. And there's plenty in the end of this movie to feel good about. Yeah. I mean, I guess in kind of a snarky way. Yeah. In a snarky <laughs> way. Right. Right. The, the hero air quotes did rescue him and he himself ended up staying alive and to walk away into the sunset. A bunch of people died and certainly 
Tabby didn't deserve to die, but that always happens. But Brain got what was coming to him. The Duke got what was coming to him. I assume Maggie did something terrible to land herself in there. So right. <laughs> like, you got you to remember, pretty much everybody inside those walls was a terrible human being at some point. <laughs> right. But yeah, kind of um, like we said, not a, not a great movie, not a showstopper, just kind of an okay movie. Put it on the background, do other stuff. Watch it maybe one time with your eyes on it for the cinematography and for the uh, the music. But that's about all. Like, you're really not going to get much else on a rewatch. <laughs> right. I mean, unless you don't want to get, like, angry drunk, this is a great movie to watch to be angry <laughs> drunk, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can see Take that. it to the man, Snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> Well, I guess that about wraps us up, doesn't it? Yep. I want to thank our patrons for choosing this movie. You made our lives a lot easier by choosing a movie we only had to, we somehow squeaked three episodes out of. Well, let's put a point on that, particularly. That's how much we love to talk about movies and how much we love bringing this to you. We took a simple hour and a half movie and turned it into three one-hour segments to talk about. Granted, we were screwing off around a lot about this, you know, throughout this movie, talking about other movies, but that's more that you should take from that. But that's how air quotes good this movie was. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But uh, but yeah, so we, we do want to thank our patrons for their patronage and for their participation in the podcast. And if you'd like to uh, help us out with paying our editor, which we would greatly appreciate if you think maybe this podcast is worth maybe a dollar a month or a dollar a show even. We would gladly, uh, gladly take your money and then pass it right on to our editor. So this is because we're not break even, folks. So um, we appreciate your help and your patronage. If you want to become a patron, head to the website, patthefatman.com and click on the Patreon button. You can also find us on Facebook. The Fat Man has a Twitter. And what are we on Instagram? Yep, we are on Instagram. Share us with all of your friends and family and every stranger you meet. We do appreciate your help. I'm Pat. And I'm the fat man. Stay classy. Thought you were dead. We're now now. Everything's happening now is happening now. Are we now? Is it now now? Everything that's happening now is happening now? (laughs) What happened to then? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. How soon? Oh, God. This is going to be a five part episode. <laughs> <laughs>